the FCS college football experience, OVC big South conference preview and picks episode on the sports gambling podcast networks brought to you by our very own Patreon. Yes. Yeah, score exclusive perks, content and contest, including our NFL win totals contest with a thousand dollars in prizes up for grab. Get over there. Join today at sports gambling podcast.com slash Patreon. That is sports gambling podcast.com slash Patreon. And remember as always folks to let it ride. This is Jerry Glanville and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride, brother. a crazy day of college football, uh, you know, in the FBS becomes more and more ridiculous. In my opinion, the stronger I want to lean into the FCS baby. Cause I think that's the future of college football. And uh, look excited to talk. OVC big South this is a, this is a joint. This is a joint. This is kind of like the, the uh, in a way it's kind of like what's going on in the FBS. Cause you have, this is like the Alliance. You had the Alliance. See how see how well that treated the Pac-12, uh, but here we go. We got the OVC and Big South coming together, and it should be exciting uh, to talk about it. Perhaps you're wondering just who the hell you're listening to. Well, my name is Colby Swinging Database Dan, aka Pick Dundee. That's not a pick. This is a pick. He was raised in the land down under, where a man thinks on his feet, speaks with his fists, and lives by his wits. When Dundee happened, he was a superstar. I'm probably drinking too much and celebrating too much and not sleeping. Would have killed a normal man, but nah, nah, that's gone. The medical advice I got from that was was like being hit by lightning. Pretend it never happened and get on with your life. Yes, excited to talk OVC Big South action. Yeah, should be a fun year. FCS is where where the heart of America's football is at, baby. And I am joined by my co-host. Give it up for the calm, the golf coast guru, because he knows he knows football as well as any. Give it up for Mike Rose, aka the Golf Coast Guru. How you doing, brother? What is going on, man? I remember when uh, this all started in Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, you say it best. Texas started this shit. Uh, when they first made that announcement, they were jumping to the SEC. I, I saw the writing on the wall with this. Now I thought, wow, we're going to have two major conferences and it's going to be just like the NFL. Maybe we're going to get three big 12 hanging in strong. Cool. But I remember thinking, man, it's time to really start liking FCS football. Cause that's where I'm going to have to get my college games. Amen. I mean, look, I mean, we like the NFL as the NFL. We don't want to see two NFLs. All right. And I, I really feel like it's a miscalculation. Short term, maybe it works because we moved to a 12 team playoff. But I think long term, I just think most college football fans don't want to see Rutgers playing Oregon, <laughs> you know, and the <laughs> demise of the Civil War and the Apple Cup and all these rivalries that are, uh, you know, over 100 years old. It's ridiculous. But look, let's talk OVC, Big South, because the FCS has many a great war rivalries that aren't going anywhere. Uh, I was curious, what'd you make of just breaking down? Cause this is kind of a, uh, an alliance in, in, in some sort of way. I don't think this is a long-term answer for both these conferences, but what do you make of this conference for this year, 2023? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's not an alliance. I got as excited about as when like King Booker jumped over to the WWF and I was all <laughs> about that, <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. I, I like the mesh. I, I thought I was going to think a little more of the conference as a whole, um, I think it's a little top heavy, so we'll get into it. See if we kind of have the same feelings, but that's, that was my take. Yeah, no, I would agree that, you know, a little top heavy, the bottom, maybe there's some room for a team to surprise and rise up from the basement. Uh, but let's get into it. Uh, well, I mean, 
Normally we go from uh, so the, so folks. In case you don't know, let me explain this to you. Actually, let me. So the Ohio Valley Big South Conference consists of Robert Morris, Tennessee. So Robert Morris located in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Tennessee Tech, Eastern Illinois, Charleston Southern, Lindenwood Penitentiary, uh, Tennessee State, Eddie George. UT Martin, Bryant, located in Rhode Island, Southeast Missouri State, and Gardner Webb, which is located just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. Bo- I think they say Boiling Springs is the town. So that is that is the uh, the OVC slash Big South conference for this year, all over really. So like you got Pennsylvania, Rhode Island. A bunch of Tennessee, Charleston, South Carolina, a part of Illinois, a part of a part of you know uh, uh, I'm sorry Pittsburgh. Robert Morris is located in like right outside of Pittsburgh, I believe. And uh, who am I forgetting there? Lindenwood, which is in Missouri as well. So yeah, I guess you have two Missouri schools all over the place. Kind of a conference USA ish, not as crazy as the UAC, but still. I mean Rhode Island. To Charleston, South Carolina is pretty, pretty big gap there. Uh, or say Charleston, South Carolina to Chicago or, you know, not Chicago, Illinois. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a little chaotic in that capacity. I don't know if the signs on board with my regional rivalries, uh, you know, fandom, but uh, yeah, should, I think we have a clear cut, clear cut worst team in this league. And so, so I rattled off those schools. I believe that is 10 schools, Robert Morris, Robert Morris. Uh, do I need to just dive into the fact that, uh, well, they do return their quarterback, Zach Tanner, who threw three touchdowns and had 10 interceptions. <laughs> That's tough. Robert Morris was outscored 377 to 109 last year. And they kept their coach. <laughs> Look, their coach, if you know college football or you know, you know, football in general, and you're old enough, Bernard Clark, I remember when he was at the University of Miami as a kid, uh, I can remember a certain play where Dexter Carter of Florida State and Bernard Clark were going at it. And Dexter Carter, so they threw a, a late penalty on Bernard Clark, and uh, he well, he's going to the sideline, he takes off his helmet. And Dexter Carter grabs the flag, runs over to him, puts it on top of his head right as he was removing his helmet. And he looks back at Dexter Carter like it's the word, like he's about to, do, you know, he could not believe that he had the audacity to put the flag on his face, essentially. Bernard Clark played for the Cincinnati Bengals. I remember him playing for the Bengals. So he, he's entering year six at Robert Morris, coming off of a winless season. Man, you got to appreciate these universities. They got outscored 377 to 109 and they kept their coach. He's 13 and 34 all time. And momentum seems to be swinging the other way, but Hey, I'm on board for it. What do you make? I'm assuming you have Robert Morris as your 10th rated team. You are incorrect. What? <laughs> so yeah, I was I was curious if we would have this, and and obviously, I mean, I know what happened to Robert Morris last year. I know they didn't win a game. I know they weren't even freaking close. Um, there was <laughs> I, one I am team, fascinated. Though. Blasphemy, in my opinion. Uh, okay, I I, I want to hear for this one, for one. You got to give them some love, keeping the colonial name. I mean, that's a bad word. Hey, man, that's a bad that word. That is a bad word. Apparently, in two thousand, <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Um, so I mean, there's there's some uh, there's some street credit right there, right off the rip. I saw a lot coming back with this team. Maybe it's not a lot of good pieces, but there's a lot coming back. I had Charleston Southern, so we'll get there, I guess. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, you already hit some of the notes, but I, I, you got two quarterbacks coming back that have experience on Robert <laughs> Morris. Neither of them good. <laughs> I was about to say, I don't know that that's a good thing. I think you kind of want to go to the transfer portal route, which it seems like maybe they did not go. Um, uh, Elijah Jackson, I, I, I think he's back at running back or no? No, actually, he graduated, he's, right? He's gone. Yeah, they have uh, Zachary Barrett transfers in from Dartmouth, somebody we just uh, 
talked about. Nothing, you know, mind blowing, but he did average 5.8 yards per carry. Uh, and 400 yards. So I, I like a little upgrade there at the running back spot. You do have Jamal Hill back at the wide receiver spot, right? Mm-hmm. 23, 23 catches, 250 yards. That was their leading receiver. This is a bad team, dude. Like, uh, okay. Okay. You're selling me now. Their kicking game was all right. Um, the defense. Uh, Bernard Clark is a defensive guy back when he played under Jimmy Johnson at. Uh, at Miami. Now, uh, Tristan Marios was a guy who had three and a half sacks. He's back, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. There, but I don't know how. So you had Charleston Southern. We got to talk. We got to have a big conversation on this. <laughs> Any other highlights? Uh, let, let's, let's go through this. Now, I will say this. If you look back at Robert Morris's schedule from a season ago, they got really fucking destroyed by a lot of teams, right? Yep. But their first two games. I was actually somewhat impressed. Okay, they lost to the Dayton Flyers at Joe Walton Stadium in Moon Township, Pennsylvania by two. You know, all right, tough loss. Then you go to Jaeger Bomb Stadium, take on Miami, Ohio. You only lose by 17. Miami, Ohio is not bad. I'm somewhat impressed. And then, with the except, yeah, and then just. Just a 42 point loss to East Tennessee state, only a five point loss to Delaware state, which is probably their best performance. Then a 48 point loss to Gardner Webb, a 31 point loss to Campbell, a 24 point loss to a and T a 39 year, uh, 39 point loss to uh, app state, a 13 point loss to Charleston Southern, a 20 or I'm sorry, a 16 point loss to Murray state and a uh, 29 point loss to Bryant to cap off their season. And I think one of the most alarming points of the season to me is the fact they never had a game where they scored more than 21 points. They only had two games in the twenties, 20, they scored 20 week one and then 21 on November 5th, buddy. I think you're, I think you're fucking insane for not having them last. Uh, But this is what the fun part of the season. Uh, any other, you want to highlight any other players on this terrible, terrible team? <laughs> um, no, there's no players to really like get big into Zachary bear. That's one of the big ones. There is a ODU three-star transfer, Noah Robinson coming in. He's six foot three to play wide receiver. So go ahead. Add that in there. Um, there were a couple on defense that I remember going over a couple defensive backs. Uh, it doesn't seem like I wrote them down on this paper, so I don't have it here, but I do remember someone transferring from another team, but it's not really about the personnel. Uh, Like I said, they bring back a lot of pieces from a terrible team. So hard to see them getting that much better. But when you're talking better in the conference, I think a better standing and they snag Charleston Southern at home towards the end of the year. And it's a lot of new pieces that we're going to talk about (laughs) with the Buccaneers. (laughs) Well, let's look, let's look at this 2023 schedule for old Bob Morris because um, all right, I'm going to try to be optimistic here. Week one, they head to Colorado Springs to take on air force. (laughs) I get it. They got to go to the gun. I don't care. I don't, they could, they could punt every play of the fucking game. And I still think they would win. Uh, Oh, and one. Then they get St. Francis, the red flash who made the FCS playoffs a year ago. Oh, and two. You're with me, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, St. Francis does have a lot of new pieces coming in. I do think Robert Morris starts off. Oh, and two though, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Then they go to, to your place, man, the ice box or the ice house. What do they call this? The ice house, right? Uh, To take on uh, Youngstown state, dude, they're Oh, and three. Oh, and three. Yeah, right? they're three. Hey, hey, no, it wasn't that long ago that I went to uh Stambaugh Stadium and saw uh Valpo, a no scholarship school, nothing special. And they pull they, off they, the they upset. Beat, they beat Youngstown State, man. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about it. Oh man. Uh I got I got ties into both those teams, actually. Allegheny <laughs> County. I actually a uh, long time ago before Lyfts and Ubers were a thing. Uh, I went to a Steelers game on a Sunday night. We got like really cool seats. I knew, I knew a girl that's mom worked at the lounge there and uh, she got me into like the suite and the uh, VIP club, all that stuff. Great night. Right. And then afterwards I'm like, Oh, it's Sunday. We went out. There's no cab. This wasn't back when you could really do anything with your phone. So my phone was like dead. 
didn't have any service to call anybody. I was lost in Allegheny County, just roaming around, kept trying to tell my friend, just go to the top of the mountains. We'll find it. <laughs> we we got to get to high ground, right? <laughs> Eventually ended up heading into uh, Allegheny County police station and <laughs> just turning myself in. Like I'm lost, man. I'm exhausted. The tea stopped. I can't get home. Uh, they called us the cab. So they were awesome there. I'm wow. all about Robert Norsh. <laughs> there you go. Shout out. To, that's why. That's why you don't have them dead last. Look, sweet oh, spot. <laughs> oh, and three, and then they take on the dragons of Virginia Lynchburg. That's a win. This is this could be. I, I don't know how you say it that confidently, but I think it could be. I think it could be. It's homecoming, man. Yeah. <laughs> then they're home to Howard the Bison. They're gonna lose that. They're gonna be one and four, right? Then these back-to-back away games here at Gardner Webb. At Bryant, one and six. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> they get a bye week and then they host Tennessee Tech. Who did lose Jeremiah Oatesvall? So it's possible. I'm taking Tennessee Tech, though. I got Tennessee Tech, too. But that team is, uh, I think, getting a little more love than they deserve this offseason. <laughs> <laughs> I got a one and seven. Then out, uh, then they're at Hawk Stadium uh, to take on the Red Hawks. One and eight. Southeast Missouri State's going to fuck them up. And then they're home to Charleston Southern. This is where you're building your second win. And I completely disagree, <laughs> but uh, Hey, you know, stranger, they have a two game home stretch to end the season where they could grab a second win. Cause they also get Eastern Illinois. It is going to be, and, and that's a strong point. It's going to be cold on November 11th. I bet in old moon township, Pennsylvania. So these little Charleston, Charleston, South Carolina guys coming up to the cold weather. I like the creativity of this upset. It's just not going to happen though. Oh, it's well, happening. <laughs> so your final record is two wins or three. Uh, I got them at two and nine. I think they could go winless. I think, <laughs> I think watch out for those dragons. Watch out for those dragons. All right. Uh, I got them. I, mean, I got them. They, they do play a hell of a schedule. So I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe. I, I got them one in 10 and uh, okay. Let's, let's jump on over. So I, you know, what's crazy. I didn't have Charleston Southern as my ninth ranked school. Oof. <laughs> who, who, who did you have at nine? At nine, I have the very golden Eagles of Tennessee Tech. Okay. Okay. There we go. I, I have them at eight. Okay. So there we go. So hold on. Let's talk. Let's let's first talk about uh okay. Well, let's talk. Let's go into Charleston Southern. See, I think if you look at Charleston Southern, Autry Denson's no longer the head coach. I think that's a good thing if you're a Charleston Southern Buccaneer fan. I remember Autry Denson from Notre Dame, and I know you, you're a Notre Dame fan. You probably do as well. And you look at last year's games, though. First off, relax on the schedule. Last year, you know, pretty brutal fucking schedule. You know, uh, every team they played, I feel like, was good except Robert Morris. Um, they they play they they fought hard. Furman was an FCS playoff team. They only lost by five. Campbell was a very talented team. I know they didn't work their season didn't work out as well as they wanted to, but I would define Campbell as a good FCS team. They only lost by six. Uh they beat Bryant at Smithfield or in Smithfield in uh Rhode Island. They they also beat Robert Morris by thirteen. They kept it within ten against Kennesaw. Um I just think this team sh- fought for their coach. Now they weren't that good, but they go out in the off season and they, they hire former Saban disciple, right? Uh, in what uh, Gabe Gardena, if I'm pronouncing yeah. that correctly, that sounds uh, about right. uh, from Albany state also they had success at Albany state. Now they do have uh, a little quarterback. I had a hard time figuring out who the starting quarterback would be. Ross Malmgren, great name, or Tony Bartolo. Tony Bartolo has definitely done something illegal. I guarantee <laughs> you that. Um, but when I see that, when I see the fact that a, I think they brought in a football coach who's got a track record of winning. Right? They tried to go with the Altry Denson thing, and it just it just didn't work out. Now. Um, I just think they have more guys. JD Moore at the running back spot, I think, is a guy that could be pretty good this year. Um, I actually came away somewhat impressed with their offensive line. Jacob Tylinski, 
and uh, Ben Moxley, couple guys to to watch on the O line there. I am a little concerned, sure, but uh, about the quarterback position and the wide receiver position. But um, I can tell you that I kind of the defense seems to be in decent shape. Jamel Johnson, the defensive back spot, uh, solid. Uh, also, a linebacker Bryce Llewellyn. So I can be somewhat talked into this defense being serviceable. I'm not calling for it to be good, but uh, another thing is, uh, I just feel like a coaching change might be exactly what they needed. Like they might be a lot better than where I even I have them, because I just feel like if you're feisty against those the competition that I mentioned, sometimes all it takes is a coaching change. So that's why I'm op- optimistic on the Buccaneers of Charleston Southern. Talk to me about why you don't like them. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think it is a good head coaching hire actually, um, but it's not a big splash hire, something that's going to draw in a ton of recruits, right? This isn't a team that has any three or four stars lurking on the lot roster, anything like that. You got a, a four, the quarterback you covered absolute mess. There's like a four guy competition. None of them are, are really great. <laughs> Um, at least they kept all four of them around. Depth, I guess. baby, depth. They got depth. No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, they got tons of that. Uh, they all put up like similar numbers, uh, like when you scale the time to fit. So, um, it, yeah, uh, Tony Bartolo, I would say, probably got the job just because Giardina comes in. It sounds like a good little, good little Italian, Italian connection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like some two guys you'd go uh, get. Take some get fucking Bartolota. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so JD Moore, uh, definitely the shining spot coming back. You, you mentioned wide receiver takes a hit. Uh, Seth Anderson transfers to Iowa and that blazing offense. I saw their kicker may or may not have been betting Iowa unders. Um, it sounds just smart to me, honestly, but whatever, you know, I guess we got to punish him for that is the rules. Uh, <laughs> Vincent Davis wide receiver. Number two, he's now a Saluki. So those two are gone. No identifiable, tar- identifiable targets coming back at wide receiver. Linebacker Garrett Sway, 101 tackles last year. He has graduated, a, according to a Facebook post that I found, because this team was really hard to dig into. Facebook post. <laughs> um, I love graduation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he's gone. Uh, no, it was uh, it was pretty conclusive evidence. It, it was full disclosure. He thanked uh, Charleston Southern University for the experience. So he is gone. Uh, it's a great name here. Safety, uh, two-time all-conference safety, actually, Ombre Kennedy. He is also gone. He graduates. So uh, also All-American defensive back Cameron Smith, 13 pass deflections, one interception. He transfers to Samford, so that's a big loss there. Defensive lineman Anton Williams, six sacks, uh, two fumbles forced, doesn't seem to be on the roster anymore. So when you, you factor in all the new pieces, and this isn't like a storied program, it's one that Jamie Chadwell actually like really put on the map in recent memory. So um, I think it's a good hire. I think it just might take some time. All right. All right. Well now let's talk about Well, no, let me get, let us, let me get us paid before uh, look, I want to tell you folks out there that the FCS college football experience is brought to you by the sports gambling podcast, Patreon. Yes. Yeah, sports gambling podcast. Patreon is a perfect, it's just perfect for any diehard DJ sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including our NFL win totals contest with a thousand dollar first place prize. Plus a monthly SGP stories podcast and ad free uncensored show highlighting the best stories from decades of being DGENs. There's even a discord channel just for our patrons and the sports gambling podcast has, and always will give out their picks for free. The Patreon is just a, w- a great way to get back to support the, s- support us essentially and fight back against corporate gambling. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. All right. We are back on the FCS college football experience. Big South OVC conference preview. And we are already having arguments about how we see this league shaking out. So you have Tennessee Tech at eight. Yes, sir. I have Tennessee Tech at nine. Dwayne Alexander enters year six. Yeah, at Tennessee Tech, he's sixteen and thirty-six. And guess what? Jeremiah Oatsvall, their stud, well, their stud quarterback (laughs) to a certain extent, he's gone. He's gone. He's out of here. So 
I uh, like if we were to recap from a season ago, the the good old Eagles season there. Um, a they weren't very good, but uh, you know I did watch them. They gave what was it? I watched them in the past like week or two. Um, who were they playing? I think it was North Carolina Central, and it was actually a closer game than I thought it would be. So. Um, hold on. Actually, we didn't talk about Charleston Southern's schedule, did we? No, actually, we didn't. So, okay, before we before we go into Tennessee Tech, let's talk a little bit about this Charleston Southern schedule because I see room for optimism. Um, they open up against the Crusaders. Shout out to that first off of North Greenville, buddy. This is a win. That's a win. That's a win. I give it to you. So you're telling me you're going to be riding that momentum, and then you then you get to go into Clemson, <laughs> South Carolina, right? <laughs> they're they're installing a new offense. You never know. No, I'm joking. Zero uh, and one. See, I will say their non-con is always a little it's, more challenging. It's it's rough because at after Clemson, you are home to William and Mary, who's a very good FCS playoff. You know they they went to the. They won a couple of games in the FCS playoffs last year, and then they had the EJ Whitmire Stadium in in Cullowee, North Carolina, where uh, I got news for you. I'm kind of bullish on Western Carolina this year, so they're going to be complete ass. Then they get Kennesaw State at Buccaneer Field in North Charleston. Now Kennesaw is jumping to the FBS next year. I would favor Kennesaw, so I do have them at one and four at the bye week on October seventh. Same with you. Yeah, same exact thing. One and four. But now things get interesting because Lindenwood making the trip, I think, is a winnable game. I think it's a winnable game. I'm not going to take. I'm, I'm not going to take Charleston Southern, but it wouldn't shock me if they lost it. So one and six. See, I actually got them beaten, Lindenwood. All right, I'll join you. A, a little bit of an upset. I'll join you. I'll join you here because I thought I'll put it like this. I thought between them taking on Lindenwood, Bryant, and Tennessee State, I thought they could at least grab one, maybe even grab two. So, I'll, let's go. Let's go there. So two, two and four, at UT Martin. I do think will probably be a loss. Two and five. Same. Home to Bryant, home to Tennessee State. You know what? I am going to call for another one. Ooh. <laughs> and then they beat Robert Morris. They lose to, to Gardner Webb to end the season. I got them with with uh, I got them with four wins. So I, I I got them. I got them taken. I agree. I think Lindenwood Bryant. I think uh, they probably get one of those two. I'm a little actually Tennessee State Bryant. I'm kind of equal on. I, I I could see them getting either Bryant or Tennessee state. I just don't think they get two of the three out of those two in Lindenwood. Um, there's no chance they win against the colonials of Robert Morris, obviously. And then you get, <laughs> so, yeah, I think honestly, for me, it came down to that game. They're on the road. It was a close game last year. Robert Morris, a little more consistency, Charleston Southern, a lot of new. So uh, that's mm. my reasoning. Mm. Okay. Okay. Well now, now we'll talk about this filthy, filthy, uh, you know, this, this golden Eagle, uh, Tennessee tech squad. Now that that's one thing that did suck. You notice Tennessee tech wasn't on the schedule. That's what happens when you have a, a 10 team conference, you play 11 games. Yeah. You, if you're Charleston Southern, you want to play Tennessee tech, but I I, whoever uh, did the, I think it was the, I want to say it was the conference poll that's being, that keeps being released. You know, they release it for everybody. And there was like 48 members that voted for Texas, Tennessee tech to be like the best team in the conference. So I was like, where, where is that coming from? Where are those votes coming from? Cause I don't see it. Yeah. Let's talk about this because I mean, losing a uh, Jeremiah Oates fall, I, they, their backup transferred out to South Dakota. So I'm a little bit perplexed on uh, a, who the hell is going to be starting a quarterback here. Do you have any lean as who is starting at quarterback with the golden Eagles? It's really tough. Uh, this is one of those where you got to dig into the spring game and their team. Luckily uh, their school, their campus, their newspaper is uh, good at covering the spring game. So there we go. It looks like to me, sophomore Hayes Gibson, who is actually a former Iowa state transfer. So there you go. Um, he was looking like the starter in the spring game. So there's four guys 
None of them have taken snaps with the team, but you do <laughs> at least have uh, Hayes Gibson, who is a you know power five transfer. That's cool. That's that's fair. Uh, they did, but they lost their leading rusher and David Guest. Um, yeah, it's going to be Javion Allen, I think, who I guess played all right, three hundred fourteen yards Whoa. in the score. Right? I'm surprised you missed this one. They got a big transfer coming in, and it's a name I know you're going to know. Marcus Knight comes in from Montana. This man in 2019 rushed for a thousand yards and 23 touchdowns. Got injured the year after, uh, and why, took a little why, bit of time. Why off. did I think he went to Tennessee State? He went to Tennessee um, Tech, huh? That's what I got, man. No, you're probably right. I I I had it bookmarked when I saw that tweet happen. I bookmarked it, but I, I, and I, I didn't actually add it to the, to my sheet that I have that I'm working with, but I, for some reason I thought he went to Tennessee state. I think you're right though. No, it is. That, yeah. I'm, I just double checked. Yep. Current wow. team, Tennessee tech. Wow. Okay. That's huge. That is huge. Um, okay. Maybe I don't have them at ninth anymore. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, you know, as great as that guy is, he did. I mean, the injuries kind of keep him sidelined. Now what I did think was really cool. He actually stuck with Montana through to uh, play their lacrosse season. So he stayed uh, diehard, stayed with the program, uh, finished up lacrosse there. And then he's transferring to Tennessee tech for um, football. So he hasn't really taken, you know, every down snaps in a few years since his injury, but he's tough enough to go out there and tough out the uh, lacrosse season. So we'll see, man. Very interested. See, my thing is like when you look at Tennessee tech though, and that is a substantial get, they lose their quarterback, both of them that took snaps last year. They lose their leading rusher. They lose their leading receiver. You know, they actually, uh, I believe lost. Uh, well, is, I'm not sure if Willie Miller's back. Cause he could have got granted the NC, the NCAA COVID year thing, but I He's think, back. is he back? Yep. See that? That's what's confusing. When you go pull up the stats, it says senior. So it's like, <laughs> if you apply for the COVID thing though, you could come back. So it makes it really hard for us to know the, the data on who is actually returning. Well, that's big. Cause he had 26 receptions, but Okay. I'm starting to buy in a little bit more. Uh, tell me about the defensive side of the ball though, with Tennessee tech, because I think they they got what Jacorian Wren is the, is the guy on the defensive line that I think they like, right? Yeah. Him and Hudson Tucker come back, but I, I, I mean, you know, statistically they mean a lot to the team. Statistically, I didn't see anything crazy out of them. They are both back Wren two and a half sacks, Tucker three sacks. So, I mean, watching the game. I'm sure with as I saw them really excited about Ren as well. So I'm sure there's something, if you watch Tennessee tech inside out last every year, last week, maybe he's drawn double teams, maybe, you know, something like that. Um, number one tackler on the team, Seth Carlisle, he is gone. He had 77 tackle, tackles last year. He graduated. And so is defensive back, Jeff Relaford, uh, 68 tackles, two fumbles forced. So um, they do bring in Antonio hunt defensive back, three-star uh, transfer, from New Mexico State, so there is that, and from Liberty, three-star transfer Tim Kutris. So, uh, no names really jumping off the off the page on the defensive side, but maybe some hope. Hold on, let's talk about this, man. We need it. We need it. This is a really hard team to get a gauge on. They could be the worst team in this conference too, because <laughs> dude, uh, they're close. <laughs> dude, dude, they won all of their games last year, right? All four games. They were four and seven by a combined thirteen points, right? So they beat Texas A&M Commerce by one, 26 to 25, right? They beat Eastern Illinois, you know, first year coach a year ago by three. They beat Lindenwood by one and they beat North Alabama, who was a one win team by eight. Uh, but here's the compelling part. This is why it can go either way. Samford was an FCS, you know, a pretty good FCS team a, a year ago, almost made the playoffs. They lost by five to Samford. They lost in overtime to Kennesaw by three and they lost to North Carolina central who beat Jackson state the very next week or two weeks later, three weeks later, maybe by by two. So like there's, this can go either way. They might be horrible or they might be good, but they lost to me. Like you lose your quarterback, your starting rusher, your starting receiver. I get it. You've been using the portal. I just don't know how much I can trust bringing in a bunch of guys in the portal to, to all of a sudden make you, make you a lot better. Uh, Especially when you're, when you're talking, you know, the head coach, I mean, his, his best year was six and six in 2019. So, I mean, this isn't a guy that's been like killing it at the school. He's been there for a while, but they really haven't done anything under him. So 
Uh, what I'm seeing is when they travel to, to Allegheny County to play Robert Morris, this is just another game that the Colonials can win, you know? So, uh, yeah, Fair. I'm optimistic. Well, and look, and look, remember, they don't have Charleston Southern. I think that if you, you want to have Charleston Southern on the schedule. So their, their schedule is at Furman loss back to back away at New Mexico loss home to North Alabama that, you know what? That's a winnable game. North Alabama is breaking in a brand new coach. You get them in September. So brand new offense, brand new defense. I will circle that as a game you could win. You did take Kennesaw to overtime last year. You get them at Tucker stadium in Cookville, Tennessee this year. I still favor Kennesaw. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, do you have them beating North Alabama on September 16th? I don't. I have them dropping that game. I have them 0 and 4 going into the bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They come out of the bye. They take on their, they're in St. Charles, Missouri, taking on Lindenwood. Back to back away here. They then take on Buddy Pugh and uh, South Carolina State. I mean, I kind of think they're going to lose both. I got two L's. Yeah. Uh, then they're home to Southeast Missouri S- State. That's a loss. At Robert Morris, the game that you're talking about. Dude, this schedule's brutal. Then UT Martin and Gardner Webb before heading to Tennessee State. I think they beat North Alabama. And I think they beat Robert maybe Robert Morris. <laughs> uh I gotta win in one game. Maybe, maybe two. Maybe two. Yeah, I gotta win in one as well. So I'm I'm not high on this team at all. Uh I, I don't really see much coming back to be excited about. And I think uh, you know, I don't I don't call for anybody to get fired. I don't root for it, but uh Mr. Alexander, I, I think this is a big year for him and it, it could cause some trouble. Now I, I was stuck uh, debating. See, another thing is they don't get Eastern. So they don't get Charleston Southern or Eastern Illinois, which I feel like if you, you want them on the schedule, and so, you gotta go on the road for Bobby Morris, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, now I was, when I was projecting this, so my order was 10th, Robert Morris, ninth, Tennessee tech, eighth, Charleston Southern seven, Eastern Illinois. And I even struggled. I, I almost made a case for Charleston Southern to be seventh, right? Uh, did you have Eastern Illinois at your seventh spot? I do have them at the seventh spot. Okay. Yes. Let's talk about Tony Romo's alma mater and, and Garoppolo's alma mater, the Panthers. See, my logic is this. And I think, I think this is actually going to be a wild card team to me. Because Chris Wilkerson was in year one last year, two and nine in his first year, but a lot of times you see the second year, you know, you 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 get that shift, you know. And another thing is, if you look at the, they lost by seven at Northern Illinois last year, right? Who was the reigning MAC champ um, in week one? So that that's a, a, a one close game there. They lost in overtime to Lindenwood, two, uh, Tennessee Tech by three, UT Martin by three. Um, I know they got blown out of some other games, but they beat Northwestern state. They beat Mary state. I feel like if there was a team to take a real next step. And I feel like this is one that I really had a hard time like projecting, like, you know, I could eat shit with this pro- projection here. Cause they could be a lot better or they actually could be worse, but I feel like it's, it's year two. You, you get, you're going to get more out of what you know from you know, from them. So what do you make of Eastern Illinois, man? Yeah, I actually feel the exact same way you do. Um, first year for, for Chris Wilkerson and things didn't look too terrible. I mean, you covered it exactly. Then they dropped six games to end the season last year. There's six, six games straight at the end of the season. So um, things fell off the rails a little bit, but there's some, there's some points to be excited about. Uh, first of all, coming over from Georgetown, at quarterback Pierce Hawley, 2,800 yards, 18 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, huge loss for Georgetown. Big time get for Eastern Illinois. I, I was excited about this one. Oh yeah. I mean, that that's another thing too, uh, you know, diving into the roster. You, you have to like something. Justin Thomas is a stud wide out for them as well. Um, I actually think the passing game could be pretty good here. They also have Kevin Daniels at the running back spot. They, like their running backs, Jawan Fari and Kevin Daniels. I'm buying in, man. I'm buying in. Um, I think this offense could really be could really be decent. They uh, Chad Strickland on the offensive line, Max Steinman as well. 
Um, I think the O line might be might take a next step forward. The defensive side of the ball, Elijah Tolbert at the linebacker spot is one of the best linebackers in the whole conference. I feel like um, Nick Coates at the defensive back spot, no relation to Ben as far as I know. Um, then, uh, so I guess like this is this is the one. Jo- another one is uh, another one is Joel Barrows on the uh, on the defensive line that I think people might be excited about there. I think this could be, this is, this is one that I wouldn't shock me if I was really wrong about as far as like them being better than what I think too. I had a hard yeah, time with them. I, I agree. There's, there's, I, I thought when I went over this, I thought this is the team that I could definitely like eat shit on pretty quick. Um, you do lose defensive lineman, Cameron Leach. Uh, he had three sacks last year. He's out. Um, you you do have uh, Barrows coming back, but you also lost Jordan miles. Uh, transfers to Kennesaw. Uh, secondary, there's a couple points in there that I highlighted to kind of look out for. Safety Elijah Bell, former three star Purdue recruit, he transfers in. Ira Armstead, defensive back from U, uh, Virginia, he's a three star that transferred in the wide receiver room, too, on offense. Uh, Justin Bowick Jr., he's six foot five. And then you also have six foot four Jordan Woods. Uh, who had a bunch of power five offers. Actually, he had multiple of them. He transfers in from Georgia tech. Um, so those are some big, big ass targets for Pierce Holly to throw to. I, I think there's potential on this team. And if they don't fall off the rails, like they did last year, they could be a little bit of a sleeper. Yeah. Yeah. And, and let's, let's talk about the schedule because yeah, this is, this is one where we could eat shit. Um, first off shout out to uh Shout out to uh, a great opening. I like, okay. College football is opening Thursday night for week one. Obviously you got Florida, Utah. We're excited about that game. We're excited about Minnesota, Nebraska. The Matt rule era kicks off. I'm also very excited about William and Mary and Campbell, NC state, UConn, but one that is low key underrated to me is the likes of Eastern Illinois heading to Terry hot to take on uh, Terry Hote, I think it is right uh, to take on Indiana State, the Sycamores, folks. This is a rivalry that goes back quite a ways. Uh, first off, how about this? They're 43, 43, and four all time. They have been playing since 1923. Hundred years, hundred years of football here. Let's fucking go. Uh, hey, change, change. Change, change it up. It doesn't matter. You don't need these long-standing rivalries anymore. Get rid of them. Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe they're going to join the Big Ten. Or maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe they're no, going to. No. <laughs> they're in Illinois. They got to join. Like they got to go. With That's true. New Mexico or something like yeah, that. You they're going to go to the Mountain country. West. They're going to go to the Mountain <laughs> West or something or the the I don't know the Sun Belt. Um, <laughs> I got them losing it, but I'm intrigued. It's a rivalry game. I have no idea what to expect, but I think Indiana State's supposed to be pretty good. So I'll take Indiana State, but I will be watching every snap of that game. What are you doing there, week one? I do have the loss there to Indiana State. I actually think Indiana State should be pretty decent this year, so I got them dropping it. Well, then week two, they head to the Doit to take on Bowling Green. Ah, Bowling Green lost to an FCS last year. It was Eastern <laughs> Kentucky. I saw at the favor Bowling Green. They bring in Connor Basilak, former Missouri Tiger starting quarterback. Um, man. Oh, and two, but I mean, would it shock you if they won one of these? No. Right. I mean, uh, Scott Leffler has built his bones off the backs of teams, <laughs> you know, like as prestigious as Eastern Illinois. So <laughs> uh, no, I, I think, I think Bowling Green, you got to favor him in this game. I, I think it could be a really intriguing matchup. Honestly, might end up being closer than you think, but um, uh, I give it to Bowling Green. And now, now comes a game that's been happening since 1901 folks, the mid America classic Illinois state heading into O'Brien field in Charleston, Illinois to take on Eastern Illinois, man. Am I excited to watch this one? And look, I think this is a winnable game and I'm going to call for the win. You know, Illinois State's solid, but give me, give me Eastern Illinois to get a dub here. Upset special. What are we doing? See, this is the crazy thing is I have them starting out. zero and three, I think they are on paper, at least like looking from the last couple of years, they're, they're worse than all three of these teams, but I wouldn't be surprised if they won any or all of these games. So <laughs> I, I have them. zero and three, but it, man, your guess is as good as mine. 
Yeah. Then they, they welcome in the Cowboys of McNeese all the way up to Illinois. Now, luckily for McNeese, it's only September 23rd. So it might not be too cold. This is a winnable game to me though. What'd you have them doing here? I had them losing the first three. So I did give them this one. I think this is winnable and I think they will at least have one by now. I think they could win. I mean, these are all like Questionable. So now they they head down to Harry Turpin Stadium, uh, in Natchitoches. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce this fucking town in Louisiana to take on the Demons of Northwestern State. I want to put it like this: They're going to get one of the Louisiana schools. So I have them at two and three after the month of September. I have them dropping this one as well, but it's another very winnable game. So I, I mean, man, I, I'm, I think I might be off the mark on this team, honestly. So you have one and four. I have them two and three. Then they host for homecoming the Skyhawks of UT Martin before they head on the road to Southeast Missouri State. I'll have them losing both. Yeah, I mean this is where it starts getting real. I have them dropping both of those games there. But then they host the Bulldogs of Bryant on October twenty first. God, I feel like Bryant's better, but I just feel like Eastern Illinois is not this bad. Okay, now I have Brad beating him. I have them uh, losing all those games. So I still have. <laughs> actually, yeah, you okay. got it. You got it. Yeah, no, I, I, that's an upset I, I picked, man. I think Brian. I, I can I, see I, it. I, I can like see him, it. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm down with it. So we both have them then at two wins uh, by October 28th, right? Mm-hmm. And right. this is where things get interesting. Because look, I love a little, a little Illinois, St. Louis, little Chicago Cubs, St. Louis, St. Louis Cardinals. Chicago Bears rivalry. Give me an upset special of Eastern Illinois going into Harlan C. Hunter Stadium in St. Charles, Missouri, and getting the dub for win number three. Definitely could see it. I did not pick it going that way, but I mean, this was an overtime game last year. Three point win for Lindenwood. Lindenwood lost a lot, as we're going to talk about probably pretty soon. So, uh, super winnable game. I just got him dropping it. And then they host Eddie George, Tennessee State. Look, Eddie George has had Jeff Fisher with coaching the kids with him. You know what that means? They're going to go they're, uh, 500. Yeah, and they're going to lose games. <laughs> no one sees coming. And this is one of them. Uh, Eastern Illinois puts together a little winning streak here. Grabs their fourth win of the season on November 11th. Who do you got winning this one? Uh, I, I'm. I, I think Tennessee State's still uh, heading in the right trajectory. I, I think this is a tricky. Tricky, trappy spot, but I do have Tennessee State getting the dub. And then at Bob Morris, aka Robert Morris, the Colonials <laughs> on November eighteenth, dude, Eastern Illinois could have a good season. They could. I let, let me ask you this question: What are the for sure losses on the schedule? Oh, I would say at Southeast Missouri is a definite, definite. And then loss. what at Bowling Green? <sighs> do you call that for sure? I don't, I don't that, know. That mean- <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to go that route, we'll call that. But that that should be it, man. <laughs> That's some- why I think they're going to get to five. They're going to get to five. They're going to be right in the middle of this thing. And that's why I could be wrong on my analysis on them too. I'm excited to watch the Panthers this year. So we both we both. So you had them at seven as well. We both had Eastern Illinois at seven. Who'd you have at six? Uh, Lindenwood, the Lions. Me too. And I, I this is what I'm saying. Eastern Illinois could easily be fifth or sixth to me. Let's talk about Lindenwood because uh, Jed Stugart is there. Uh, he's in year seven. Now he's done a good job. Seven win season a year ago, 33 and 24 all the time. He had two nine win seasons before that seven win season uh, and Cole Duggar's back at quarterback for the lions. But uh, as you alluded to earlier, they did take some hits uh, as far as, you know, some other players leaving. Some of the other ones I like on this team, I, I can tell you this: the tight end Chase Lacknet is a, is a guy I'm keeping an eye on. But they they did get hit pretty tough. I feel like in the wide receiver room, uh, and defensively, I have some question marks as well with the Lindenwood defense. Uh, besides Kobe McClendon on the defensive line, I don't see a lot that I like. Uh, I guess also Darian Bolden in the secondary, but look, I mean, this guy's got a track, a track record of being a good coach. So that's really the only reason why I picked them here. Yeah, dude, uh, it's sometimes it's like uh, 
copied each other's homework because that's that's exactly it for me too. Um, this guy, uh, Jed, Jed Stuger, he he tore up NAIA football with the Nazarene Pioneers from 2006 to 2008. He went 26 and seven. Then he went to D2 Sioux Falls and he went 65 and 17 in seven years. So uh, then he comes up to Lindenwood, goes 33 and 24 and making the jump here uh, to FCS football, went seven and three last year. So it's a coach that I have a lot of faith in. And I try to pick these teams based solely off what I see coming back. I don't always try to go with the name brand thing, but when you see a coach like this, that's one at those multiple levels and now he's here and he's been winning at this level too. It's really hard to not trust him. But I mean, you, you covered it. Cole Duggar comes back, but you lose Cade Brister at quarterback, 3000 yards, 27 touchdowns, nine interceptions, 606 rushing yards, 11 touchdowns. That's gone off your team. That's a big hit. Um, I didn't see running back Andrew Martin, 648 yards, five touchdowns, 5.9 yards per carry. Did not see him on the roster. Um, so you got Justin Williams, Jared Rhodes coming back. Peyton Rose, no relation people. Uh, wide receiver, <laughs> 1,100 yards and 12 touchdowns. He is gone. Also, Kobe Smith, 727 yards. And uh, sorry, my robot was about to start cleaning. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Kobe Smith, wide receiver two, also gone. So. A lot of names gone, nothing jumping off paper on defense. So it's, it's kind of a tough one to project. Okay. Well, look, I got, uh, I mean, their road schedule is pretty nice. Other than the, the week two Southeast Missouri state game at Western Illinois, winless at Illinois state wasn't great a year ago at Charleston Southern, who we just said, we think is going to be pretty, pretty bad. And then at Tennessee state, who's kind of it's Jeff Fisher. I love the road schedule. And I think that's the real reason why I have Lindenwood uh, there, I trust the coach. I like the schedule. I think there's more winnable games, uh, on this schedule than, than other teams. So you agree with that? I think the exact same thing. Yeah. The schedule is a little manageable and I, I trust the coach a ton. Yeah. Okay. So let's hop on over to talk about who we have at, uh, number five. Cause I have Tennessee state you. That is who I have as well. So we're getting uh, kind of on sync here. Well, and Tennessee State is one that uh, to me is like uh, I don't know, man. I've watched them a couple times last over the past couple of years, and I like Eddie George. I really do, but I don't know. I don't know about the team. I know Jalen Rouse is a running back that's pretty good. They're skill position players. They've been recruiting better. Uh, Dayron Johnson at the wide receiver spot. Uh, one of the best names out there, uh, Karate Brenson. <laughs> That's yes, that's sir. just an unbelievable name there, um, at the wide receiver spot. So they have like skill position players are good, man. It's just I just don't know if I trust this team. Also, Terrell Allen's a stud on the defensive line. Kavon Pope at the linebacker spot, I like uh, Bryce Phillips in the secondary. So they have guys. I, I, if anything, I'm more impressed with the defensive side of the ball than the offensive side of the ball. Draylon Ellis is obviously back at quarterback. Let's tell me why are you sold on, on Tennessee state? You know, I don't, I don't know that I'm necessarily sold sold, but I think uh, you're starting to see this thing with, with the introduction of uh, you know, kind of, kind of the same story as Deion Sanders, these guys come in that they can recruit their asses off. And I'm not sold. I love, I love prime time. I love, I love coach prime. Um, I'm not sold that he's like X's and O's one of the best football coaches out there. I just think you're at a point in college football, especially when you're talking transfer portal NIL money, where you can get good coordinators and a coach with some name brand that can recruit and you could do some big things. So you, you mentioned some of those names, Kayvon Pope, that's a former Ohio state talent. Um, they brought in uh, a guy on wide receiver, Shaheel. Garnett, he was actually brought in as three-star Auburn uh, quarterback transfer. He's going to be playing wide receiver now. Uh, three-star recruit Gerard Turner, Duran Turner, seven FBS offers total. Uh, he's with the wide receiver group. There's just names all over the place. You lost a few uh, defensive tackle, Teray Jones, who had four sacks last year. He goes to Akron. Uh, the secondary returned everything. You hit a lot of those names, but you also got uh, – Bondrin Hollis, the third, which is a nice colonial style name there. Darius Harper come, uh, come coming back. So a lot of names, uh, Terrell Allen, three and a half sacks. I, I, I think the potential comes from 
the talent that he's bringing in. He's just got to get the coordinators around him to get the wins. And they have a, a big game at Notre Dame to start the season. They also host Gardner Webb. See, their schedule is a little more unkind. I know they got the Lincoln, California Oaklanders coming in, which is always great to see on the schedule. Um, but I will say, like some of those other games, you know, uh, I feel like at Kennesaw, at UT Martin, uh, makes for a little shaky season. But I still think talent wise, like you said, I have them there at number five. I'm curious, who do you have at number four? I got the Bryant Bulldogs. Mm, mm, mm. We are seeing eye to eye here yet again because I have the Bryant Bulldogs too, and I am very excited to see how they do um, because I did catch a couple of Bryant games last season, and I was somewhat impressed with their play. Um, you look back at, at and 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 Bryant, uh, you know, obviously used to be in the NEC. They jumped over. Chris Merritt enters year five. He's 17 and 21 all time. But Zevi Ekos is back at quarterback and or Zevi Ekos. I, f- I forget how he's pronounced, but I'm uh, excited. And I tell you, they should have beaten FIU week one last year. Now they play at UNLV to open the season. I think it's a winnable game. And uh, yeah, I mean, look, I don't want to touch, t- I don't want to talk too much here, but I kind of, I'm kind of sold. On them being a pretty good team, and at week in week out could be a team that could upset you. Landon Regari at the wide receiver spot, also Anthony Frederick. Uh, I think this team's pretty good. Ahmad Assad is a very good offensive lineman for them. Same with Trevor Smith and Jamichael Watts. I think they have one of the better offensive lines in this league. Jihad Edmond as well. I didn't want to leave out defensively. A little bit more question marks for me. I know they have Kenny Dyson on the defensive line as a stud, and, and Ben Silver in the linebacking core. Little more concerned on the defensive side of the ball, but I think the offensive side of the ball, pretty damn good. Talk to me about this team. Yeah, you nailed it, brother. A uh, lot, a lot coming back on offense to be excited about defense. That's where the question marks are. You hit most of the names. Linebacker Joe Andreessen, 102 tackles, three sacks, two interceptions, two fumble recoveries, transfers to Buffalo. Big hit. Ryan Sadler, 82 tackles, three sacks, three interceptions. Uh, now with the Ottawa Red, Ottawa Red Blacks. So losing some names there. It hurts, but I, I still think this team's on the up and up and I, I think they're going in the right direction. I think they're going to surprise some people. Yeah. And like I said, the schedule playing, uh, you know, getting some of those Ivy league teams like Brown, you know, that's a mm-hmm. rivalry, but, uh, and at Princeton, it's going to be interesting. They also get the non-cons not nice to them uh, at UNLV far trip. And then long Island, who I think is on the up and then Rhode Island, who I think might make the playoffs this year. So I still think once they come to the conference play, they could win every single game. Like even the Southeast Missouri game, it's in Rhode Island on November 18th, man. I can't even say that that's a definitive win. So I'm super excited to see them. I had to pick them fourth based on what the way I feel about the other teams. So let's talk about who we have at number three. Who do you have at number three? Yeah, so this team, from a roster standpoint, I would probably say is number one, but uh, with what goes on in the schedule, I got them at three. I'm going to go Southeast Missouri, the Red Hawks. Wow. Okay. I have UT Martin. Uh, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about the, the Red Hawks. I have the Red Hawks number two, by the way. So uh, Tom Matt, uh, how do I pronounce this game? His name, uh, yeah. Matukowitz, uh is entering year 10, 51 and 52 all time with Southeast Missouri state. And uh, you know, they have, they have some talent on this team. Uh, Paxton DeLaurent is back at quarterback and Bryce Norman is a Buck Buchanan. You know, he might win the, the linebacker, the best defensive player, best linebacker um, in college football uh, or in FCS college football, but Southeast Missouri state. Why? I mean, this team is pretty fucking loaded, man. Uh, Zach Geig on the offensive line is a stud first team, all guy. I think everyone's projecting him to be, uh, you gotta like Gino Hess at the running back spot. And same with Ryan Flor- Flonoy, I, I think is the wide receiver and Demaria Vic. So they have like an offense that's going to go defensive side of the ball. As I alluded to Bryce Norman's a stud, Keandre Booker's a stud, Lawrence Johnson in the secondary, um, this team, I can understand why most publications have them as the team to beat in this conference. But tell me, why'd you pick them third? Yeah, they're absolutely loaded. I mean, uh, Matukowicz also Jerry kill guy. So a long time, 10 years he spent 
as an assistant coach for Jerry Kill. So I like that pedigree. Um, I also would like to watch out for freshman wide receiver, six foot six, Jaquez Wyatt. Look for him to be a big time end zone threat. Uh, I'm just trying to hit some of the number uh, names I didn't hear you hit there. Uh, defensive lineman, Nassim Cairo, three and a half sacks, fumble force. Uh, he was a sophomore. He's back. Linebacker, Keandre Booker, uh, adding to the already you hit uh, Buck Norman and, and Christian Furman also coming back. So linebackers stacked. What I really have it coming down to, they play on the road against my number two team, which uh, we'll get to in a minute. So it's actually same record. I have the same conference record for the top three teams. It's just how it shook out. Yeah, and and look, I mean, they they're non-con at Kansas State, home Ooh. to Southern Illinois, the Salukis. They're good in the Missouri Valley at Eastern Kentucky, at Central Arkansas, who you have won in the national championship, <laughs> at at the Nichols Colonels. It is a tough non-con there, and I think that's the reason why I had them number two. You had them number three. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about who we have at number two here. Um, because I have, I'm sorry for my, me at number three, I had UT Martin. Where did you have UT Martin aligning? So I have the Skyhawks, which by the way, one of my favorite like team names, I, I don't know. Name. I just love it, Great name. <laughs> but I have them too. Okay. So here's this thing thing for me. Like I am kind of bullish on this team. Um, I think they could end up in the FCS playoffs. You look, Jason Simpson's entering year 18 for an, as far as experience as a coach. He's 107 and 84 all time. They did lose dresser win. Great name, but Cornelius Brown started at Georgia state. I'm expecting him to just hop on in and be okay. Um, but uh, you know, there, there's a little bit of a, maybe a learning curve there with, with a brand new quarterback. Um, as far as everyone else, Sam Franklin's a stud running back that I, I'm excited about. Devonte T- uh, Tanksley at the wide receiver spot uh, is someone I think they should be excited about. DJ Nelson at the tight end spot, they, so they should have a pretty good offense. I even like some of the things I see on defense. O'Shea Baker in the secondary, Dalen Dotson on the defensive line. Same with Jay Rogers and uh, Giovanni Davis. So I actually think they're a complete football team. Tevin Ship also another good defensive player for them at the linebacker spot. Uh, they're my number two. So, uh, and I think I'm fascinated to see, uh, this team. Did I miss anybody that you wanted to highlight? Yeah. So a little bit of something happened after the spring game, uh, spring game, you had Matt Myers, uh, Buffalo transfer, a quarterback competing for the job with Cornelius Brown, Matt Myers upstaged them a little bit. Seems like he was taken over. Cornelius Brown actually transfers, leaves, takes his ball, goes home, goes to Alabama a and M. So Cornelius Brown, nowhere. Uh, I missed in the that. Picture. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was uh, in a spring game article. You had to like, it, yeah, you're, <laughs> you, you cover 700 uh, basketball and football teams. So I got a little more time in the morning, sipping my coffee to, to check Twitter accounts. But I do know Matt so, Myers. I do know Matt Myers. I think he's solid. I yeah. think he's solid. And yeah. then on top of that, you have a transfer coming in from Ole Miss Kincaid Dent. He came in after Cornelius Brown left. So three-star Ole Miss transfer up there with uh, Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. So very interesting what's going on there. I think no matter what, uh, you're going to get a baller at the quarterback. And then Sam Franklin, eight yards per carry. Are you kidding me? This guy's ready to pop. Uh, You got former four-star Jackson State recruit, Javante Rucker coming in uh, at wide receiver. So that's nasty. Uh, A couple of the Jackson State guys actually came over. So I think this team's loaded. I think they're really ready to pop. And it wouldn't surprise me if they won the whole thing. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise you if they upset Georgia week one too, right? <laughs> that might surprise me a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh look, I mean that's really the the decision for me was they're at Georgia. I even think that second week matchup with the Missouri State's scary because of the body blow that is the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh then later in the year, because I think they'll actually win a good chunk of games there in the middle of the season. But October twenty eighth, they're at Gardner Webb, going to Boiling Springs. I feel feel like that's tough. And then the final two games of the season, Southeast Missouri, and then at Samford, who I think is going to be pretty damn good this year. That is why I picked them second. I just think the schedule is a little tougher than who I have at number one. But I see that we have the same team at number one, and I'm excited to talk about it because it's easy to see a tide turn. Trey Lamb is doing a great job at Gardner Webb. Uh, I know you look and say he was 13 and 15, but last year he was year three for him. They took a big jump to the FCS playoffs. And man, if you look at Gardner Webb and what they did, I can tell you this, man, as a ECU fan, I'm sitting there saying, 
Hey, we better we better watch out on uh, September twenty third because look at what they did a season ago. And I even think if you're an Appalachian State fan to open the season, watch out. I mean, Gardner Webb. I know you see seven and six, but they were super aggressive in their non-con. They were at Coastal Carolina last year, lost by four. The Marshall game they lose by twenty one, but that was fourteen to seven in the fourth quarter, right? And then they lose to Liberty, who beat Arkansas twenty one twenty. This team showed lots of signs of life. They beat Campbell, they beat Eastern Kentucky in the first round of the playoffs before getting waxed by William and Mary. But you know they uh, they lost to Elon. It was another FCS playoff team by six. This team was a lot better than I think people realize. I am all over. Gardner Webb. I know they're replacing. I, I I know they're replacing the quarterback spot, but I don't really worry here. I think this is more of a system play. Um, so Gardner Webb, uh, Nari Gaither is a stud running back for them. Um, the offensive line I like. Gavin Olson uh, is the name that stands out to me on the offensive line. The receiver Brennan McGuire I think is solid. Uh, that I mean the the whole running back room. Jaden Brown also. Um, I am all over Gardner Webb as my top team, and I love the defensive side of the ball. Ty French, William McRaney, uh, 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 Raquan Usley, uh, Jamari Brown. I feel like this team, AJ Thomas, they have just studs. Willie Harris, I think it's the best defense in this conference, and that is why I have Gardner Webb, and it seems like you do too, winning the OVC Big South. How about yourself? Yeah, I mean, you already talked about the O-line and the running backs. That's already a recipe for success. But then the defense is really what puts it over. Willie Harris, D-lineman, also coming back five and a half sacks last year. They brought in safety Jordan Blackman, transferred in for USF. That's a three-star talent right there. Justin Eisler, former three-star recruit for App State. So um, you hit all the names I was going to talk about. I was just throwing a couple out there that also came in to make this team even better. And then when you look at the schedule, and you see, you got Robert Morris, uh, Tennessee Tech, and Charleston Southern all right there on there. You gotta love getting those three teams. Uh, plus, you catch UT Martin at home. That's a big deal too. Eastern Kentucky at home. That's a big deal. I think Elon at home. I think they boys. can beat Elon this year. Elon we too. Can't wait for it. So look, we do agree there, folks. This is why you need to be subscribed to the FCS College Football Experience. SG.pn slash FCS. We are on YouTube. You can watch this episode, youtube.com slash the college experience. Subscribe to the FCS uh college football experience wherever podcasts can be found. Uh give us a follow on Twitter at TCE on SGPN. And uh Mike here is on Twitter. Uh if you if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see it on the screen right here at GCG underscore wins. Mike, appreciate you. And uh, and yeah, I'm on Twitter at the Colby D, and we both have the Running Bulldogs. Great name, by the way, Running Bulldogs. Uh, winning the OVC slash Big South, it's going to be a ton of fun to watch. I'm actually really interested in watching that Gardner Webb App State game week one. Mm-hmm. App State's oh, replacing a ton. I know it's hard to win at the Rock, but it should be a fucking great game. I'm excited to watch this conference. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to preview the rest of FCS with you fine people out there. Folks, subscribe. The season's coming. We are less than 21 days away. All right, folks. This is the college football experience, FCS style. You better start thinking about yours, and we out of here. Run and shoot.